here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. I hello and welcome in to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. I'm your host tonight, which means it's a good one because Flynn's not here. I am Andrew Hofkamp. I'm joined, as always, he traded in his hoop earrings and Blackberry hip holster for gray hair and a baby, Kevin Reynolds. My, my son just turned three. Thanks for being here. <laughs> uh, he clearly traded his soul for his fiance because she's just so much better than he is. But Jacob Pretty. Uh, you could have been introducing wow. yourself again. Yeah, You could have. But, uh, but boom shakalaka. What's up? I'm back here. I'm regular. Not like regular. Never run. I'm not going to go that route. Anyways, yeah, how's it going? Pretty describing how regular he is. Um, Well, we've got a show for you. We drink bourbon on the show. Fiber, (laughs) baby. I promise it will get probably worse. Um, But I am, uh, I'm drinking some bourbon tonight, and I may have just been fooled by, did Calumet Farms, Kevin, I don't know if I'm saying that right, change their entire bottling? I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. Uh, so I saw three different Calumet Farms. I also at, thought, uh, I thought it was Klamet, but whatever. I don't care how it's pronounced. They should have given us a pronunciation key on their it's bottles. It's spelled like point. Calumet, but I've definitely Calumet. heard Kevin only say Klamet or something like that. We say for sales in Kentucky, so Calumet is how this Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey will be pronounced by me for the foreseeable future. Um, I think that's fair. But their labeling was different, so I thought these were different bottles, but I'm wondering if they just switched it up. Anyway, this is Calumet Farms. Um, it's a straight small batch blended um, with 8-year-old and 15-year-old whiskeys, um, mm. which is awesome. They actually had three different similarly labeled ones. One was 8-year straight, uh, which was a very small batch, I think less than 50 uh, barrels for that one. The other was the 15-year-old straight. As you can imagine, that is a little bit more expensive, but that was less than 20 barrels for that one. Um, The biggest knock that I have is that they dwindled the proof down on this to 86, and I think that the quality of the bourbon between mixing 8- and 15-year-old bourbons should be a much higher proof to just enjoy what you've created. Um, So I think it's a little bit diluted at 86 proof, um, but it's awesome. I mean, it's so good. Uh, But that's what I'm drinking. Kevin, what do you got for us? Well, if that's diluted, I'm drinking basically water. Um, Basil Hayden's, uh, the typical regular label. Uh, we've talked about it before. I'm pretty sure I've had it on the podcast before. Um, pretty sure Kent Flynn has called it water on multiple occasions. Yeah, it's it's because it's only 80 proof. Um, but as a guy who says I'm not big on rye and I like weeded bourbons better than rye bourbons, Basil Hayden will all I will always come back to this bottle, um, and it's a um, it's a high rye bourbon. It's got a lot more rye in it than a traditional uh, sour mash bourbon would have. And I think it's great every time. The dark rye, um, Basil Hayden is also one that I make perfect Manhattans with, which is where you use one ounce of rye bourbon, rye whiskey, one ounce of bourbon whiskey, one ounce of sweet vermouth, and one ounce of dry vermouth. And that makes a fantastic perfect Manhattan uh, with Agnes Honor bitters and... Um, cherry uh so really good stuff but but that's not the content you came here for this bourbon is delicious we're also at whatever point in time this is released this is our episode number like 64 60 something 65 i'm just not saying numerical things at the beginning because who knows what it'll actually be but the reason i'm bringing it up is um 
I mentioned I was out of moonshine last time, and so I'm at this liquor store with uh, our buddy Campbell in um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, last week, watching the New York Jets decimate the Green Bay Packers live at Lambeau. Um, hilarious. Hilarious. And I passed by Pabst Blue Ribbon Moonshine. Yep. And was what? like, gotta try that. And simultaneously had a moment of panic going, have I had this on the podcast before? Like, I have a distinct memory of maybe doing that. Um, but I bought it anyway. Um, it's a also only an 80 proof uh, moonshine. So it's, you know, relatively uh, proofed down. But it's 52% corn, 27 malted barley, 17% wheat, and 4% rye. So it's a four grain moonshine uh, whiskey. And I thought, why not? That is perfect for a side-by-side taste test for Flynn of water and 80-proof moonshine because they're both clear. So he will just pick one up, and he shouldn't be able to tell the difference because if 80-proof is water, then they should taste the same taste. It says on the bottle, hilariously, it was aged five seconds. That's what it says on the (laughs) bottle Um, of Pabst Blue Ribbon – Moonshine. Yeah, Flynn wasn't at work today. Um, and I don't know if he'll be in there tomorrow, but I get there before him anyway. So what I'll do is I'll go pour about six ounces of this in his water glass that he thinks is <laughs> water um, and just see what happens uh, when he gets to work. So it seems like a really good responsible thing to do given he's my employee. Uh, pretty, what are you drinking tonight? Wow, that's great. Uh, so tonight, where did I do with the bottle? And can you beat 86 proof? Can you, can you beat uh, yep. 86 proof? Right on the money, 86 proof. God, we suck um, tonight. Flint, Flint is actually going to be very it's disappointed. A, Flawless. It's a, it's a light night for us. We're all, we're all drinking light. Uh, no, but I actually, um, <laughs> I pretty much polished off uh, a lot of the, the bottles um, at my parents' house just because they have a little bit left here and there. Uh, but this one I, I pulled... Um, Actually, I think I gave my dad this one, so that's fine. Anyways, uh, but this is the Jim Beam Double Oak Twice Barreled. Um, we've definitely talked about it before and had it before, uh, but it's just a good quality. Um, it's I of the so of what I will say this is of the double oaked bourbons, which I've come to realize are some of my favorites. And actually, Cat um, has also uh, I've I've noticed a trend that she thoroughly enjoys the double oaked type of bourbons. Um, so that's kind of what I'm always pushing her to kind of go for. Um, this one is certainly not my least favorite double oaked. I've had worse. It It is quality, but it's not, I don't think it's the best. Um, I would probably put it like two or three um, for me. It's because just because they've double oaked it doesn't mean that they've aged it up, right? So their black label right. is an eight to 10 year bourbon. And that blue label that you're holding is probably just the same four to five year old regular Jim Beam that they've had touch a second charred white oak barrel right. uh, before they put it in the bottle. So that's the difference probably between that and what Woodford Reserve does is they take their ten year old Woodford and and, and then, put that um, yeah. in the double oak. I, so, I think Woodford's double oak is rightfully the standard by which other double oaks should be judged. Uh, not to say it's the best, but oh, to say it's it's just very quality and accessible. Um, and I think Old Foresters in their Prohibition series where they did their version of the double oak um, Theirs is, also is, I think, my number really, really is, good. is my second. I, I, I would put this as like a third. 
So other other places have done lots of double oaking, and it's a mixed results, I would say. I just cracked the uh, white whiskey for Pabst Blue Ribbon, and this is the most easy sip of moonshine I've ever had. It's sweet and delightful and goes That's down water. like water. I'm not sure Flynn would notice if I put it in his water glass. <laughs> this is not a punishment shot. Normally, I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, if I drink the 140 proof Granddaddy Mims, I'm like, oh, this is like, oh, that was refreshing. This is more refreshing than lemonade. That's very funny. Well, let's do, I mean, let's what's, do podcast. What's not? Yeah, so we, we uh, are going to do a podcast <laughs> for you tonight. Uh, it's not all about bourbon. Um, Kevin was very proactive. He sent out a nice itinerary for this uh, podcast tonight, uh, yesterday, which means we're probably more prepared than we've ever been uh, for a podcast, at least in months. Speak um, for yourself. <laughs> pretty uh, once, dirty as, liar. As pretty has often done, didn't understand the assignment and did not seek clarification until it was basically too late to come prepared and turn in the assignment uh, properly. But we're going to do a nerd debate anyway. Um, I think he was ready for that one. We'll see. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but we also have a fictional battle royale. We haven't done that in a while. Um, so we've got some minor characters we want to shine a light on. And Pretty has some major characters that he didn't understand were not really what we were looking for. So we'll I've see what happens. i a series of major minor characters. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And uh, you guys will, as always, judge uh, what team you like the best for this battle royale. Um, but uh, let's do a nerd debate. Everyone knows the rules for that. There will be a punishment shot since there's only three of us. Um, but Kevin, kick us off. Nerd debate. Let's do it. Okay. Recently, Flynn messaged <laughs> our group of friends and said that um, all the hype, around, essentially, all the hype around the movie Maverick as a sequel to Top Gun uh, holds up. It is that good. Um, and you know, there are a lot of sequels that are in fact that good, you know, Godfather two, Rocky two, um, you know, we just rock Creed, uh, is now coming out with a third and it's the first ever Rocky Balboa franchise movie that Rocky Balboa is not going to be in. And it's not going to be directed by Sylvester Stallone. I so say it's Michael my, B. Jordan's directorial B. Jordan debut. Is, yeah. We're going to see how this goes and I'm Let's very excited <laughs> about it. The right, I was going to ask you because I saw the trailers coming out and I was like, Kevin's, awesome. Kevin's walking in. around. I bought in. <laughs> but I also am among the minority who thinks there's never been a bad Rocky movie. Um, there's too many not yeah, to have bad. That, that is true. Good job. There are better movies than others, but there's no bad one. Um, so, but there are also some sequels that have not held up, right? Uh, I don't know who's watched the new Hocus Pocus movie. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I have seen some concerning things. Um, <laughs> we all know Frozen 2 is lazy. Um, almost every other Disney sequel that's come out, like uh, Aladdin, Prince of Thieves, uh, Lion King 2, Lion King 1 and a half, they're all terrible, right? And so I guess what I'm posing to this group as a nerd debate topic is um, when you think back on film, what's the sequel we deserved that we never got and would have rather have than a sequel to things like Hocus Pocus or Frozen. What's the sequel that we deserve but but we didn't just get right now? Can I ask a clarifying question? I can't imagine. This was, this was posed yesterday, like afternoon. It's okay. Clarifying Almost question. Almost exactly how we phrased it. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't respond for hours after that. So <laughs> yep. what's your Come question? Come on, Camp. Hope Camp, you should know this. There yeah, was like four different things that you had texted me over the last three days. And it was getting Cislackian. It was getting Cislackian. 
Hope Camp. Right. He said, he "Can I excuse. ask a question instead of saying point of order? Let's call this a victory and give the man <laughs> give the man his question." <laughs> what did you? What it's do true. you need to know, Brady? Uh, so, when you're saying the sequel we didn't get, can it? Are you saying? Are you looking for? Think of a movie. Are you, you asking? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did that movie have that a sequel? could have had a sequel. If the movie didn't have a sequel, it counts. If the movie did have a sequel, it doesn't count. Think of all the movies that have not had sequels that you liked. Mm-hmm. Which one would you mm-hmm. go see a sequel for? And make the case mm-hmm. in a debate format and do it better than Huffcamp so you don't have to take a shot. Do you need me to go first, mm-hmm. Brady? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So my answer to this is... It fits what Kevin has asked, but I don't think it's what he expected my answer to be. Um, because my answer is Avatar The Last Airbender. And it is not because it was a good movie. It's because it was a terrible movie. And so we good. deserved a movie worthy of a sequel and a franchise for that. Yeah. We deserved to have Avatar The Last Airbender, a show that we all love with great storylines and compelling characters – brought to the big screen in a way as meaningful and impactful as other franchises have done. It didn't, I mean, obviously it's very different stuff, but like Lord of the Rings is great and they did a great job in adapting that. And this was thrown in as a money-making grab, piss poor effort all around, terrible directing, terrible written. And it was, it did not create any, anything other than sadness, but that story, that franchise deserved a sequel not from that movie, not from the same people. It deserved a first movie first, but it deserved to have a sequel follow up with quality. Interesting take. So I, I am happy to lose this on a technicality, but I do think it fits that it should have had a sequel. But my reasoning is not because the first one was good. Two, two things. One. The first thing I heard you say was when you said Avatar, I was about to say, um, excuse me, Point of Order, that is having a sequel coming out. Um, Secondly, I honestly have blocked out of my mind that Avatar The Last Airbender was made into a film just because it was so trash. Yep. Like the car, I'm not going to call it the cartoon because the animated series is so rich Mm -hmm. with like delicious storylines, great character development, wonderful character arcs, so much amazing imagery and the music. Oh my gosh. And it was yeah, in complaining it about game of Thrones, avatar, the last airbender was like, this is how you can make characters go from good to evil and vice versa in ways that make sense and complete a good story. And that's not necessarily what you find uh, when comparing things like game of Thrones, you tend not to draw from the animated world. Um, of children's, of Nickelodeon shows. But, I mean, it's just, it's tragic that that movie was so bad and we deserved a sequel, a movie worthy of a sequel. And then the sequel. I don't know who directed Shang-Chi, but get that guy to direct and produce the last Airbender movie. The visuals seem to be similar in a way that they're using elements, but Shang-Chi was just a 10 out of 10 for me, so... Maybe that would work. Agreed. Interesting yeah, Interesting concept. Uh, very unexpected. Pretty. Good. That was my goal. Yeah, that was um, hmm. that's very solid. Um, I, I, this is tough for me still. But the one I'm going to go with 
is one that, and this is, it's more personal, but that's fine. I can argue it passionately. Um, so we had a wonderful trilogy with the uh, the Batman Begins series, Christopher Nolan, Batman yeah. Begins, Christian Bale, wonderful. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Um, and, some and have mixed arguments up, mixed can up. be made that it's the best trilogy of all time. Uh, debatable. I, I, That's I would why not he literally said would. an argument can be made. <laughs> um, I, really, good, I would really venture good, to say that really good none challenge of there, pretty, really well done. None of the none of the Bourbon Brothers would uh, would say that, that that it is the best trilogy of all time. Anyways, uh, what I'm getting at though is in Dark Knight Rises. In Dark Knight Rises, uh, we kind of knew that the Christian Bale era of Batman was coming to a close, which was totally fine um, because his character had kind of done this nice little arc. It was nice. Christian Bale himself was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Um, but the – and Kevin, I hope you'll allow this to count. It, it While it – I would view you it more as a spinoff. You love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Everybody knows it. You're so all about it. Wouldn't it be so <laughs> great if he did? If he became Robin and we got to follow, and then like Robin became uh, Darkwing from Batman Beyond, and we Nightwing, like Nightwing, sorry, Nightwing, Nightwing, Nightwing you from did. Batman Beyond. Yeah, it'd be the best. Wouldn't it be the best? Yeah, I hear you. Great, <laughs> great idea. Keep going. Pretty, I'm I'm just most excited that Kevin's uh, reductive impression of Pretty turned into the same impression you would give Keanu Reeves in Point Break, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which Thanks, I did not Kevin. see coming. Think, so I'm glad we I, needed I that. didn't think you thought so highly of me. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would just be like play. Anyways, um, no, but they set up. They, I, I mean, yes. When you look back at it now, it was definitely way cheeky and over the top because they were like, "Oh, your real name's Robin, ha ha ha," and he used like a Robin type symbol. John Blake is another alias of of the various ro- or another um, uh, alter of the various Robins through the decades, but. I do think that it's just set up the foundation nicely that we could have had a pivot away from all of these Batman reboots that we're getting over and over. Like, I'm not going to lie. Did I enjoy the Robert Pattinson uh, most recent Batman? Yes. Don't Would get I still prefer? <laughs> That's like, do you want yeah. to conversation? <laughs> sure. Would I still prefer to see a Joseph Gordon-Levitt-led Nightwing origin story? Totally. Absolutely. What if what if <laughs> totally. I told you that to sequel to have Christopher Nolan continue to do Batman would deprive you of anything Christopher Nolan has done since Batman? Would that trade off be worth it to you? I no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not asking for a Christopher Nolan led thing. I'm I, I was saying it's more of like a spin off than a direct sequel. So that's why I'm saying I don't know if, if it'll count for Kevin's thing. Because Kevin, I'm not gonna lie, Hove Camp's argument was way better. That's the correct choice. You need to pick his. Uh, I was just I, kind of arguing. There are way better. They're not necessarily way better. There are other things that I think could have been very spirited and fit the bill. And I'm sure Kevin wasn't expecting a movie that was bad and a sequel to be our two answers. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't say this often. This is one where Flynn might've won just by giving me, what I asked for. <laughs> I, I took a deliberate like, creative license whoa. with it and was prepared to lose. What's a standalone movie it would have been awesome to see a sequel for? Pretty's like, well, here's a trilogy. Wouldn't it have been great if they took that and added <laughs> there a, was a fourth movie? Yeah. 
Awesome. And Hubcam's like, you know, the tough part is I haven't seen the cartoon uh, for The Last Airbender, but I did see the movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure we walked out of it not very far in because it was that bad. It's it's one of the worst movies. you Like, not necessarily like the room type of bad, but kind of is the room type of bad. Like, they had a bigger budget, so it looks better, but that's about it. It's as poorly acted and written. When you say the room, do you mean the one where the little boy is only raised in room and then like, No, the isn't that thriller? in the room the like what am I thinking of? I don't know. There What's was the a bad movie. What's like the bad out? movie that um the James room. Franco did? Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. The room. That's what I thought. Tommy the room. Wiseau. Yeah, I'm right. James Franco made the disaster artist, yes. which was about, about the, the room. alleged making yeah. of the, the room is what I was thinking yes. of. I was correct. No, I'm not talking about like the Oscar winning performance from Brie Larson uh, for her performance as a kidnapped mother. Also very good. Though. Okay, but <laughs> that, that, was not that movie bad. is also called The Room. I think it's, it, it yes. might just be called Room. I think it is called Room. It could be that room. Either way, sure. I'm looking it up. Maybe. I have to know. <laughs> And also maybe deserved a sequel. I don't know. I've never um, seen it. it, it it's just room. You're right. Okay. That's that's fine. I, I was just like, this is a weird call out. I've, I haven't seen The Room. I've seen Room. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, you're calling it the worst movie of all time or something. And I'm like, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, okay. Um, I have no idea. I, I'm going to graciously give the win to pretty because I would have gone to see the sequel for, uh, the George and Joseph Gordon Levitt version of what happened next. And I, there is nothing you could have done to convince me to go see the last airbender sequel. I recognize you made a different argument that it would have made it better. I don't know that you can call it a sequel if they use the same characters. I don't know that the same, the same actors, and I don't know that the same actors could have honed done a better performance. I, I just don't, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want a sequel of that. That was not my argument at all. I don't think that movie deserved a sequel. I think we deserved a movie that was worthy of a sequel. And so, yes, we were deprived of a sequel. Yeah, that and, and, and I'm just but saying not, I that's, don't, that, that's not what I You're putting words in my mouth that I did not say. I don't care. I'm happy to take the loss on the technicality. I'm not happy that you will say that I thought those cast of characters in any way deserved a sequel because that yeah. is not what I said. Great clarification. <laughs> I'm with you. Pretty gave me closer to what I asked for. Neither of you really gave me at all what I asked for. But um, Kevin, pretty gave you a bad I, answer for what you asked for. I gave you a nuanced and creative response, and I can't believe you didn't appreciate it. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Because this was going to be my second choice. If you had said no, that doesn't count. Um, if I had, do you know the the film Wanted? James McAvoy, Angelina Jolie. Do I Jolie? know the film Wanted? A perfect example. Curve, I think that we would make surface. curve the bullet jokes constantly. Oh, okay. Well, I think that would have been a great, a great uh, film to get a sequel. I'd probably have gone to see it. I don't agree, but I probably would have saw it because, like, especially with the way it ended, I was like, "Oh, hey." So I now. think that Top Gun, the sequel to Top Gun, benefited from being three decades later. Mm-hmm. And Truth. I think that maybe they use that age. I think to, that to maybe Wanted is a similar, like, what a cool action movie we saw that definitely doesn't deserve a sequel because it's not. It's not that type of movie, and they didn't need to make it a franchise. Great. But then in like 30 years, they come back and make a new Wanted, and we're like, oh, dang, they did that really well. I could see Wanted benefiting from a time time lapse for a sequel. I thought the question you were going to ask me is, 
what do you think they should have made a sequel of? And I, the reason, I do. What would what would be like two or three arguments you were hoping one of us could make? Yeah, I'm curious. I was genuinely curious because I I have not been able to think of one in two days. Ah, like <laughs> I was so like, you, what <laughs> what in my head? What is the best standalone movie ever been made? Remember the Titans. Okay, well that's hard not to fair. do a sequel to that. Hard, you can't do a sequel to that, and hard to do sequels to historically based sports movies you sure. know so sure if you eliminate all of those okay what's left that's a standalone movie that they haven't made a sequel for okay things like the sandlot they i think made they a sequel did made a sequel to that they did. they did no one saw it they actually have two sequels gross um yeah i i, I honestly i can't i have not been able to think of one uh, a movie that shouldn't have a sequel but is getting one this year a christmas story does, Which actually, has a Christmas tried story to they make had a made sequel a sequel before. to the Boondock Saints. Yes, there's a sequel no. to the Boondock Saints. What? That's there's right. Saint, Saint, it came out a couple years ago, and I watched the first thirty minutes of it and was like, this "Like it, you know? I don't. So I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. I've not tried it, but I've heard that Boondock Saints. If you like, go back and watch it as you know, not a college student, you might you don't appreciate it quite as much. I don't agree. Maybe with that's that not all. true. I don't want to risk I, it because I, I have fond memories. I do. Of it. I do not agree with that at all. Okay, good. Maybe I will risk it then. Uh, Kevin, um, who gets to debate next? Uh, Pretty does because he won. Score. Okay. Uh, so my um, the what I sent these two uh, just to give them some preparation is I yeah, said it's really great, really recastings. helpful preparation. Yeah, it, you're welcome. It made me. It made so, me. It confirmed the fact that I did not do any prep uh, as a good decision. Huffcamp gets on and goes, oh, crap, I didn't prep for pretties. What is it? Oh, just the word recasting is cool. <laughs> Dibs on Denzel, and we moved on. Which I, I stand by Denzel. that. I have Dibs on Denzel, Denzel if, if, it, if I would like it. I just, I, in case he says I can go first, I want it to be known I'm not allowed to choose Denzel because <laughs> Huffcamp called Dibs, and I respect Dibs. Yeah. Dibs is the Dibs okay. is the Dibs. Fair, dibs. fair. Okay, okay. Uh, so – in um, in recent news, uh, Marvel they had announced that uh, the Thunderbolts movie is coming out, and um, uh, William Hurt, who played General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross uh, in the MCU previously, uh, did pass away back in I believe March of this year. So um, obviously there was massive speculation as to how are they going to do a Thunderbolts movie without Thunderbolt Ross, uh, and then they were. They recently announced as well that Harrison Ford has signed on, which brings up its own hilarity because Harrison Ford is famous for, like, hating every movie he's in and refusing to see any of it and just thinking everything's the worst and being a cynical old man. Still love him, though. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, amazing. Um, But that got me thinking of whether it be for... um, uh, reasons of like disagreements um, it, and the example that I'll use just to take it off the table because I think it would be the easiest obvious one is uh, um, what's his name can't even think uh, Terrence Howard yeah. being cast as Rhodey initially and, and, and then Don Cheadle. being replaced by Don Cheadle who in my opinion actually kind of gave the role the life that Rhodey needs to have um, and kind of really establish it what I want to know from you all um, cause I, I'm still not sure if Harrison Ford is, is going to be like a step up cause William Hurt, I thought was great. <laughs> um, I just hope he's not going to be a step down. I know this so isn't I, your question, I know, but I think Denzel yeah. Washington actually would have been an awesome recast of Thunderbolt. 
I also think Don <laughs> Cheadle. I, I just is, think he would have been. I think he would have done really, really. If you're gonna you're gonna recast it, everyone's gonna know. Why not make it Denzel Washington and have an awesome movie? Yeah, and and Don Cheadle was the opposite direction of the comic book accurate War Machine. So I thought he's the the worst recast in all of. I would argue history. that War Machine's best role or best thing, best movie is Iron Man One, which is not Don Cheadle. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, um, the point so or the question that I was going to ask. Some Don Cheadle's great, but this was a mistake by Marvel conversations. Uh, I'm ready to go there. But instead, what I'm thinking is your vague recastings could have actually been a lot more helpful by saying, what's a good recasting that that is the best in film history? We may have done that thing where we interrupt pretty before he actually asks his question, though. So like, I'm going to let him continue. <laughs> we it's okay. did that thing. Th- that's the theme for tonight is Kevin has has <laughs> answered for me. He's now asking the questions for me. Is so, that your question? My question. My question is <laughs> not in just Marvel, but in all all filmology, what is what is an example that you can think of and this can apply to your sequel thing, Kevin, where somebody whether it was because the previous actor had passed or they left the project for some reason, what is, in your mind, the best example of somebody or a role being recast and it actually improving the character or improving the story as a whole? Okay, and my point is, this is something you could have asked us yesterday instead of just typing the word recastings. And we could have come with more informed arguments than, let me think off the top of my head, all film history... (laughs) That was recast. This is hard. This yeah, is harder gonna, than I, this is harder than it needed to be. I don't have this. So the one well, that comes to mind. Take a thirty-second pause and think about it, or or Google it, whatever, and then we'll continue the podcast. Um. Okay. And it had to work out. It didn't have to work out. You can just. I just want to hear hear an argument. Man, I mean. Sorry, I thought recastings was enough. Well, it definitely was. I guess well, I could so, have said so my thought so was you're going to ask people us, have been recast. I thought you were going to ask us to recast a character. And that's what I thought too. That's that's what exactly. character no, that, has been recast. That's right, literally so here's, here's the first a segment. Here's the first one that came to mind. Pretty, the recasting that happened in Game of Thrones of Dario Naharis. Um, I think it was an upgrade. Um, I don't know, only because. And Hovecamp spent more time with the books than I have, but my my interpretation of the way that the initial actor, who I don't know, uh, okay, here we go. I've, Ed Screen played the guy with the super long hair who showed up and and you know clean shaven, all those like guys, weirdly clean shaven, weirdly clean shaven. The way that he was playing the character was this like super mysterious male model. Um, really quiet, sultry version. And mm-hmm. the way that Michael Hoosman from uh, plays the the character from season four onward does it, um, despite the fact that he's in, you know, worse seasons, seems to do it in a way that he's a better actor and is uh, more charming and also plays the I'm sort of lovesick and sort of badass and sort of I have some control over you because I know you're attracted to me too, Daenerys, in a way that the initial character, I think, failed to do. Um, So that's the one that comes to mind. But 
for like the next two weeks, I'm going to be thinking about this sure. and going, I were 12 <laughs> better answers than this. Um, um, and you didn't so have any time to come up with them. I don't, I don't want to pick apart Kevin's argument because I actually do think that the direction that the show Game of Thrones took Dario Naharis, they did make a good choice in recasting that. Um, I felt like the first character they cast was supposed to be more in line with the book version of Dario Naharis, but they had diluted down the uniqueness of Dario Naharis so much that it looked it just it just didn't work at all to make him look and act like a normal person that was also this guy. So they just said, "Screw it, let's just get a sellsword captain that looks great and can bang another can bang Daenerys some and have feelings and emotions and good acting." So they did a good job with that. The book version is insane. Like he's got, he's basically like a, a Essos version of, of Blackbeard where he's got, it's except it's like a crazy blue hair, like massive amounts of facial. He just, he looks insane, but uh, he's got a great body and Daenerys loves him. He uh, loves his body at least. So um, that was not the direction that the show went. And I see why they didn't. Um, and I felt like their first attempt was, a let's honor that and do a normal looking thing. And there was no way to balance the two. So they recast into a yeah. straight up normal looking thing. And I think that was the right decision. Um, I'll stick in the game of Thrones universe um, in a quick Google okay. search. Um, Ed Norton came to mind or popped up with uh, Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo for the whole. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo. And I think that that could be made. It's a but, good choice. Um, as soon as Kevin said that I had actually, when you said recastings, I was like, does he mean like Tommen from Game of Thrones? And so I'm going to go with Tommen from Game of Thrones because this was a recasting that had to happen. Um, oh, the aging up? The, yeah. yeah, Tommen, when he first enters the story, is a more or less appropriately aged. Now, they aged up all the Starks and and in Martin's universe, like when you're 14 years old, you are acting like a 20-year-old both in – physical prowess and capability. So like a four-year-old is actually like a nine-year-old and it's just, it's weird and unnecessary that they did that. And that Tommen is like a six years old when the story starts. So then when he is engaged to a 17 year old who is actually clearly like 28 years old, um, Marjorie Tyrell, it's weird. And you have to make that less weird. Um, that is what happens in the books, but like Marjorie is like 14. So it's like a 14 year old and an eight year old. And you're like, whatever, both of them are young. And this is the universe we have, we've accepted that we're living in, but you can't see that on screen. Like you cannot see that on screen. So aging up of Tommen in a way that gave him agency lines, a character, and also in a way that made it less creepy for Marjorie Tyrell to be his, um, his fiance. Um, was maybe the most successful thing that they changed from the books. Because I think everything okay. else they changed from the books was kind of a disaster. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, so I'm definitely, uh, Kevin, I, I do feel you. So maybe on a future nerd, deba- nerd debate, I'll bring this one back into the realm. Because there's obviously lots of answers out there and lots of great arguments and discussions to be had. Um it, both both great answers in the Game of Thrones universe, uh, both on like when I was kind of doing a rundown myself of like who would I list, um, they were both in like that initial tin that I could kind of rattle off. So pretty is um, feeling what Kevin wanted to feel a few moments ago. <laughs> oh, they chose things that make sense and answered my question and I liked it. <laughs> yeah. 
what I will say is, Hove Camp, I, I like your answer. However, I just thought it was very lazy that they used an actor who had already played another background, like, cousin of the Targaryen fam, or not Targaryen. The Lannisters. The, um, Lannisters. I didn't know they did I thought did that was that. very lazy. Didn't yeah, know they that, did that actor who plays Tommen played in a previous season, played another cousin. In, kind of in uh, Boy Meets World, the character that plays Morgan uh, in season one was a five-year-old girl named Lily. And she was apparently such a problem and didn't want to <laughs> be there that that's why there are two different Morgans that are recast. Um, but you can't talk about a successful recasting in in Boy Meets World world because Topanga had three different dads, all with very different storylines and, <laughs> and experiences. And Sean's character is like has a sister, Kevin, then doesn't, might, then has brothers. You might know this doesn't. better than I do. Wasn't Aunt Viv in Fresh Prince recast as well? Yeah, she was. Yeah, and if the, you watch, um, yeah. if you watch the. Um, reunion episode that's on HBO Max of The Fresh Prince, which I really recommend doing because it shows a lot of growth from Will Smith. He's very vulnerable in it. But he goes and talks about the original Aunt Vivian, and she confronts him about the fact that he told people she was difficult to work with, and she couldn't get recast in Hollywood for years because he had branded her that way. And it's this really vulnerable moment between the two of them. It's a really fantastic um, special on HBO Max. And if you if you loved The Fresh Prince, or if you just you just know the four or five scenes that everybody thinks about with Fresh Prince, we've covered two of them on this podcast that are amazing. Um, it's a, it's a really good watch. I would really recommend going back and, and checking that out. Oh yeah. But yes, Aunt, um, Aunt Viv is is definitely recast. I don't know that that added to the story or the character in, in meaningful way. Or maybe detracted from it, but um, there are some thoughts on it that, that are expressed there, and I don't really know if I, I don't have it. It's kind of like I thought. I think Morgan is hilarious in season one of Boy Meets World, but at some she point ages, they were like the character I feel like she doesn't aged up as well. The whole show aged up. That's why they got rid of Minkus um, because yeah. he was such a small kid. Minkus. Um, and, and that guy likes that guy who played that actor like stayed looking like that for like well into. Well, his they 20s. bring him back to be in the valid in the graduation episode. He's in the graduation episode, and then he is Farkle Minkus's father in Girl Meets World. Of course, um, his name is that. his name is Lee Norris, and he was very he was initially famous for being on the Torkelsons, which is one of the most underrated sitcoms of all time. And then he goes on Boy Meets World and plays Minkus, and is amazing. Um, and then at the end of the first season, he's just not brought back. And everybody's like, why? What happened? And uh, people thought that it was because Boy Meets World came on on, on uh, TGIF on the Friday Night Lineup after Family Matters. And they were like, we can't have two nerd, big nerd characters back to back, even though this character was so good. It can't be two shows of, of high school age kids poking fun at, at the nerd. What really was the case is the Boy Meets World writers and producers wanted to age the show up. So they start doing like boy-girl kiss scenes and all these other things starting in season two when they go to high school and they introduce Mr. Turner. Lee was never going to be a part of that because he, he first of all, he wasn't the character, the, the human being himself wasn't looking as aged as the other characters in Ben Savage and Ryder Strong and others. But also, 
they just couldn't afford to bring him back because the storylines were all already done. That's why Topanga stops being this weird, spacey, um, hippie girl and starts just being a love interest, regular girl starting in season two so that she's more, she's more appropriate for the 13 year olds at home on Friday night watching the show. Uh, pod meets world podcast is fantastic. You learn all this stuff. Yeah. Fun. Glad you listened to it. So who, if you'd like to hear the, the Kevin, debate. if you'd like to hear Kevin guest on pod meets world, uh, I guess you can listen to their podcast. I'll tag them. Pod meets world show.com. I'll tag them. Um, right. they're on Insta. Uh, Anyways, uh, just a little surprise. Nobody went with the uh, the very obvious Richard Harris to Michael Gambon Dumbledore swap out. I don't um, think that was. Not that I was... don't think that. I think that was bad. It was bad, and it wasn't a recasting in the sense that they made a decision. He did. We gotta recast he did this. say that someone died can be a reason that the recasting okay. exists. Well, I stopped listening when I was mad at him about not giving us more time. I cannot agree that Michael Gambon. Uh, for the sole reason of oh, no. Richard Harris was, better, was a better was a better Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, angry. He whispered he said, calmly. Yeah, he whispered Dumbledore calmly. asked calmly. I believe is how it's said uh, yeah. in the book. Yeah. Um, the win though goes to to Kevin because uh, Dario Naharis. That I think was an excellent recast that they did there. I made his um, debate better. You did. You did. You, you really I argued both talking. of them. I think because you I should, wanted, I think you I needed the done. book context to be out there. I think and it was, you tried to do what really I did, job. and it backfired. You couldn't have won the debate once you did that. I do think you should have done, gone with Mark Ruffalo versus uh, Edward Norton, Norton and the other dude who played the Hulk in the movie. No one remembers. Eric Bana. Eric Bana. Oh, Eric Bana. Yeah. <laughs> um, that wasn't a recasting, though. That's a that's a reboot, which I think is different. that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sure. anyway, so, here's uh, to a hundred proof Johnny Drum. Uh, second shot. Thanks well, for drinking something drunk. that's actually whiskey tonight. Mm-hmm. Hope Camp's going hard in the paint. I went and got, right, I went and got Wild what Turkey got? 101 in case I lose something, just so I've got Excellent. A... Well, I will, while it's handy, what do you have, Pretty? Well, this is solely going to determine. Um, I think you're both going to provide quality answers on this, so I will determine it based on what you all are drinking uh, as a tiebreaker. As you, as you go to ask, I realized I forgot to bring down something, so I'm going to go grab the first bottle that I can touch. Can't wait. <sighs> Hope it's Malort. You, a variety of things. It could be Malort. That is will a you be, Will that you be listening while you do that? Can't do will it. Will I be listening? Yeah. Well, okay. I just wanted to make sure you weren't because I couldn't do it because I don't have by Bluetooth. the wired uh, nature of your headphones. You know, some people on this podcast don't understand that you can move from place to place and still listen to things. My oh, teeth no. are white, not blue. Here we go. I don't want to get into that. Uh, <laughs> So here's here's my debate, and I was actually very much hoping Flynn would be on here because I have a, I think a very fun idea for a different debate that involves all three of uh, three combatants. So we decided I decided to do Disney male protagonists, um, and Kevin has brought up very very early on um, about how Disney prides or like has done a very great job of portraying female protagonists. Um, especially recently. And so many of the male um, heroes back in the day were show up at the end, kiss the sleeping woman and save the day and marry her. Without consent. Which is without consent. Very well. I think the sleeping implied that. Um, but yes, very in case you didn't know that a sleeping woman cannot consent. Um, she can. So this is that's, it's a problem. It's just a huge problem. Those, those men are probably bad answers for this. Um, but I want to know who has – 
which male protagonist has the best story. Like we all have our favorite Disney princesses. What's your favorite, not necessarily Disney prince, but like Disney male hero. Who's the male hero that has the best story that has the best growth, whatever you want to take it, which male protagonist are you excited? Would you brag about? Would you call dibs on my favorite Disney princess is Belle because I think she both combines the classic Disney princess with the beginning of this is the like a very smart woman with agency and okay, um, I'm ready. Got it. Okay. So, okay. so yeah, Kevin, go. Okay. I'm going with Hercules and here's why the first two that came to mind. First two that <laughs> came to mind were Aladdin liar, cheater, thief, and Simba sure. literal douchebag kid who, until he was told that he killed his father, uh, went and became a better person. Those are the only two that came to mind first beyond Hercules, who started so powerful. He was born so powerful. He could he do things that other people could he born a God, but he didn't know that, but he was, <laughs> but like when he, you know, reached seven, the age of reason, he starts learning that he can, can sort of have control over his actions and world and have memories and all these different things. And he starts moving into his life. He could have chosen in that moment to be a bully, to be a badass, to be a hero, to be a whatever. And what he did instead was continue being a dutiful son. And he, all he wanted was to be accepted and to have friends. That was him. And when he finds out he's a god... And he's told he has to be a hero. He doesn't. He doesn't go off on his own. He's told to find uh, Philatides or Philistides. I can't remember what it's called. Phil. And he's he's told to do these things by his father Zeus and all this stuff. But what he does is immediately transition from I'm going to continue to be a good person to I'm going to be a good person. And follow my destiny by working as hard as I can. He didn't take any shortcuts. He wasn't like, I'm a literal God. I can do whatever I want. He was like, I need training. I need help. And he listened and learned. And then when it came time for him to become this world famous, you know, hero or whatever, he still was the regular guy who ends up sacrificing himself for the woman he loves instead of just taking his place as a god and 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 moving in in whatever direction he thought was the plan he he literally drink if you want has this character arc that goes from good person with superior abilities without knowing his potential to good person who's working incredibly hard to reach his potential to incredible hero who could have taken an easy way out but instead does the right thing instead of the easy thing and that's what makes his character arc just – he's just the better dude across the board um, in a phenomenal movie with great music. So I, I honestly think those first two that came to mind, they might have great ending stories. They might have grown or whatever. But like nobody doesn't want to punch Simba as a cub. Nobody thinks stealing's okay. Um, and lying to Jasmine's okay, even though those are great, you know, Disney princesses as well. That's my thought. I think Hercules is the right answer. Okay. Okay. I think that uh, you jumping in uh, made pretty have to think of a new answer, and I'm excited to hear what he came up with. While I was talking, I came up with an answer that's equally good. I hope Pretty doesn't take it. Let's go. Can I? Uh, <clears throat> Kevin, I will allow you to including- jump in and debate yourself. At the end of this, it pretty doesn't steal it. Let's go. <laughs> are we 
are we uh, are we including Pixar on this? I would like not to. Disney? No, um, because Pixar is not Disney. They are you a said Disney. Entity. Who were you going to go with from Pixar? Uh, I was going to go with Joe Gardner from Soul. No, I don't allow it. Absolutely not. Don't allow it. Okay. I thought it was a great. Still movie. Still win one. I can argue it. Pretty it's well. a great movie. That's okay, not the question. Uh, <laughs> not the debate. Yes, it is. It is. It is true. It is true that Kevin jumping in on Hercules did make me pivot because, as you all, as it has been well documented, Hercules for me is top three of all time Disney movies. Um, I do think it has the best music overall. Like the worst songs in Hercules are much better than some of the best. Anyways, that's not the question. So, um, Danny DeVito for... is not the most well done singer. He's still, not the most a, still a great song. Nims. A great song though. I just, it's a great I song. Have to, they can't I, I resist have to, me. I have to push back on this because I think both Frozen and Encanto don't have any terrible songs that are poorly sung. Mm. Hope, and uh, in this moment, I'm just going to ask you to stop talking and let him answer. Cause there's some things I have to say. Okay. Let him start. I just, I just I, okay. I understand. I understand. Phil, Phil singing is was bad until The Rock sang, and then we were like, "Oh my God, can we have Danny DeVito back?" Go on, pretty. The Rock's a great singer. I'm He's done with you. Bad now. at singing. How are you? Oh my God. That was a callback to Flynn. I know it was. That was a callback to that episode. Come on. Anyways, I understand how callbacks answer, work. When you call back something that makes me say, "Oh my God," I'm going to say, "Oh my God" again. Anyways, my answer is uh, I'm going to go with Tarzan. That was the one. And that's the, by I the way. That, that, I was, that's hope, the, I was that's hoping you would do that. And when he goes, he goes. The uh, Hercules has the best music by far. I was like, well, there's one that's got pretty yeah. freaking fantastic music, and it's probably he the never next other though. answer. Yeah. I think that's one of the. Um, I think that's my only okay. argument against Tarzan. I, I can make the argument great. I want to see if you can. Let's go. So Tarzan, Tarzan is, uh, you know, he's. A lot of times with with these Disney movies, um, there's the trope of the you know the missing parents, um, orphaned, uh, s- something wrong. Uh, Tarzan in particular is thrust into an entirely different world, Thrust. and unlike unlike Mowgli, where uh, you know Another Mowgli in the Jungle answer. Book, yeah, exactly Mowgli in the Jungle Book, where he is raised by animals. Um, there's a little bit more. Uh, uh, personification from the animals. It's very clearly established that Mowgli understands the the animals, but still acts very human. Yeah, Mowgli's human-like. also a brat. Yeah, There's also why, why I'm not arguing for him. But Tarzan, Tarzan has been raised by uh, by um, uh, not Turk. Uh, oh my gosh! Why am I, <laughs> no, I was trying to remember his mother's name. What is her name? Anyways, not important. But he's raised his by he's raised by this. Important. It's not important in this argument, but I do think it is important, um, and I will look it up while you go ahead. Kala, it's Kala, it's Kala. It is Kala. Just took me a second. Kala, um, he's raised by these these gorillas and um, learns this sense of what he thinks the world is based solely on this. And then once he he is kind of exposed to him, uh, other humans, Jane, Professor Foster, Clayton. Um, he realizes that he's actually supposed to be a part of this other world and then spends a majority of the movie really trying to find that that balance between the two worlds called to where he feels most comfortable and most at home versus where he truly actually yeah. He's trying to belongs. make two worlds one family. <laughs> 
This is the, ep- the the title for this episode should be Pretty Does Not Talk. Hope Camp and Kevin answer everything for him. Oh, I could not good. say that. Continue. I I appreciate it. The fact that in Tarzan you get that whole uh, kind of father versus son power dynamic where he goes up and fights against Kerchik um, and kind of confronts him. But then Enough look to remember the dad's name and not the mom's continue. No. It, well, once once Kala <laughs> hit my mind, then I was like, oh, yeah, Kala, Kerchik, Turk, uh, Very easy Tantar, to Clayton's all name, of them. The bad guy. <laughs> yeah, because Clayton has one of the most violent deaths in all of Disney. That's true. It's awesome. Pretty horrific. <laughs> it very is, very very much is. Um, so you get so you get Tarzan, who's this kind of normal human being who's just raised by gorillas, doesn't have superpowers, but is uh, grows to to this kind of ultra. Uh, uh, ult- Where was I going with that train of thought? You all keep interrupting me, and now now I've lost my points. Backing up to the end of this now, then fast forwarding to the end. So he get he goes against that fight against his father, kind of stands up to him, but then also still manages to keep the the worlds aligned without actually causing too much damage. Yes, spoiler alert: Kerchik gets killed by Clayton. He then goes and kills Clayton. Yeah, he also I just some got could argue that's there. damage. He, well, great. I think what he also trying goes, to say is. Tarzan, in some ways, more than any other character, has the power to be strong. He has the wisdom to be wise. He... Lazy lyric writing by one Phil Collins. Power to be strong, wisdom to be wise. What the f- What have you written? What have you written? Um, actually, if you attend Northern Kentucky University... Certainly not studio <laughs> It is fair. I'll take the victory. What's your shot? The final point that I was going to make is that Tarzan gets a bit of poetic justice and that he kills the jaguar that killed his parents. Um, If I I told you that a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? Um, Kevin clearly has pulled up the lyrics to some Tarzan stuff. He did. Uh, That was just poetic justice by Kendrick Lamar. Oh, okay. Sorry. Also, Um, the... Hope Camp, I don't know how you can. You, there's no way I should get the win because half of my argument was was you all talking. It was, it was, fine. and I, I take that into consideration. Um, I do um, that we were assholes to you. Have you just seen now. a debate ever? <laughs> and, um, I also do think that when we created this idea of a nerd debate, it was like 30 seconds to go argue a point real fast. And at this point, it's like, man, we just took an hour and a half to talk about two things. <laughs> but I. Um, other answers I thought could be intriguing: Arthur from Sword in the Stone, Robin Hood from Robin Hood, um, mm-hmm. both solid protagonists that you can make an argument for. Um, I don't disagree in any way with what Quasimodo? Kevin said about Simba or Aladdin. Um, I think you could. I think there's issues with Quasimodo. Um, I was. I think Flynn Rider was one that I was. Would Flynn would have chosen probably, Hilarious. and I was interested to hear um, the growth aspect of the debate. Um, I will give it to Kevin, but only because he made a better argument and debated better than he did. I think so. Also yeah. because I wanted to see what Pretty had, and then when he came back, it's more, like, This is just <laughs> God. I'm just 
Not changing it now. I said I hope it was going to be my lord. It was. He also pretty also didn't mention the moment where Tarzan is swinging with Jane, holding on to the holding on to Jane with two hands and the vine. With yeah, what he's is got clearly the vine up his, ass. his butt. He's got the so vine up his ass. I think if he would have, I it's think a, if Pretty would have mentioned that, vine. it would have been a difficult decision. His 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 moment of most redeemable quality is when he it's slays. Stop it! Is when he slays the jaguar, and instead of bringing it up, holding it above his head, like I'm the best. Look what I did. He humbles himself before Kerchik. And hands him the body of the jaguar that killed both two of his parents, but Kerchik's son, who he feels like he's replaced. That is a moment of profound humility that makes Tarzan a phenomenal character. I agree. Which is, again, me showing that I'm better at arguing this than pretty as a victory lap to my win. Thank you. Can we move on? To what something that pretty, I, I can't pretty, what get interrupted in. Pretty, uh, no, pretty, you're oh, a terrible you, you, you person to introduce what's no, next. I, I'll, Kevin, I'll, Kevin no, talk about this. the battle royale. <laughs> Go ahead, pretty. Uh, sure. Since I don't know thanks, what it is. Thanks for doing that. Um, All right, here's what we're nope, doing. I was going <laughs> 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 Okay. I, uh, this is the first time I've a little bit missed Flynn. Ever yeah, in his same, absences. Same. <laughs> same. Because he would have picked Pretty for something just to make him feel better, despite me. Um, Fictional Battle Royale. So, Flynn, the idiot, uh, on a recent episode that at least has been released at this point in times in our life, a Flynnidiot, Flynnidiot has. um, (laughs) we, we, We got into his brain, right? He said for several minutes why it made sense that his question was who's a bad singer that's a good singer and i later i later explained that his second idea was who's like a great role player in sitcoms and i was like what the hell's a role player and he was trying to explain it as if like in sports people come in and and you know the role of this player is to do x y and z and so secondary characters. Well, we're not really talking about secondary characters because secondary characters are things like not the main character protagonist, not the villain, the antagonist. Cal Naughton Jr. Like Cal Naughton Jr. <laughs> being a secondary character. Um, best friend of the main character. But that's not what he's talking about. He used the example of in Schitt's Creek, there's Patrick, who doesn't show up for several seasons, so he's definitely not a main show character. And at when he shows up, he becomes the love interest for David, who piddles around in some episodes before he becomes a regular in the cast, but is definitely not a primary or secondary character in the show over its lifetime. He becomes what we in the biz would call a secondary character, but that's not what Flynn meant. He means someone who isn't really a part of the main storyline. So... For this fictional battle royale, we are going head-to-head. This isn't a bobsled team or a golf foursome or an Olympic whatever. This is people fighting each other. And the only qualification that we've given ourselves is who would Flynn call a role player? Um, Who is a not a secondary character but a – what did we call it, Huffcamp? A minor character. A minor character. A guest character that 
is not a soup. In no way has superpowers or is known for prowess with a particular weapon. Um, I used the example that if we just take New Girl the sitcom, for example, if you made the argument incorrectly that the main characters in New Girl are Nick and Jess, um, Schmidt with his thumb ring is not an appropriate answer for this if you considered him a secondary or role character. Now, that would be a silly argument to make. But Rhonda, Rhonda, who marries Winston uh, Bishop, Winnie the Bish, as um, a as prank, a prank um, <laughs> would be a fantastic person because if you're fighting with a group of four individuals, Rhonda's scary as hell to have on somebody else's team. She commits 100% to every bit she's ever done. And if, if her goal is hurt the other people on the other team, you know she's doing anything possible. So she's terrifying on your squad. We're not just doing sitcoms. We're really opening up to whatever. The only challenge is going to be if two of us agree that the person that Pretty brought up is definitely not <laughs> a role player as Flynn would describe it. Um, and, and that's the only goal here. So we're going to start this uh, uh, fictional battle royale. He's had the same amount of time to prep, to prep as the rest of us, but did the least amount of prep correctly. We're going to go with Pretty Correction. first. Correction. Nope. Correction. We're going to go Pretty first. Then we're going to go with Huffcamp, and I'll go third because I feel most prepped because I came up with the idea. And we'll start this in just a minute. I think I think that it's really exciting because I I maybe you guys have some of the same characters that I have, but I do not have enough. I don't have twelve characters. I have like seven. Yeah, and there's just no way you guys have more than one person on this on this list, which is what I think is very cool and fun and creative. Um, because this, this, okay. these minor characters, these role players, and the direction that we will go is bizarre and hilarious. I hope. And pretty goes first. I do. So as you're thinking about it, my advice is trust your heart. Let fate decide. I swear, if you throw one more quote from Tarzan at me, what are you gonna do? I don't know. All right. Something not nice. Anyways, uh, so pods. Um, I think he's gonna trash the camp. He's like, next time hey, you log on fact. to this podcast, Rosie O'Donnell's going to be sitting here. And you earned that. You earned that. Fun fact. Who recorded that song with him? Rosie O'Donnell? No. Yes. No. Who did the backup? The the remix one? Oh, in the uh, uh, Elton John. No. Michael Bolton. Boy band. Anyways, moving on. Kendrick Lamar. Please answer the question. Oh, my God. You are the worst. Okay. So. Are you just not going to tell us? No. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I mean, Kevin and I have been assholes, but that was the worst. Ah. Okay. So, uh, Pods, um, if, you weren't, if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon, you won't be able to know this, but I asked them at the beginning. I listed off a couple different people, and I was like, oh, so like this. And both Kevin and Hovecamp said, no, those are secondary characters, not role players. Okay, two things. First of all, when you look at it and say Tarzan songs, it says uh, Trash in the Camp, Phil Collins, Rosie O'Donnell. Those are the two names that are up there on, on the internet that say recorded that song. I'm sure somebody else was involved, but it says Phil Collins, Rosie O'Donnell. 
Who is the boy band you think was involved here? 98 Degrees. No, they did um, True to Your Heart. It was in sync with Phil Collins. It's an acapella version that starts off. Dame, I am fact checking. You're right. Phil Collins in sync. Other performers, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's just really sold on that Rosie O'Donnell. DisneyFandom.com. All right, I mean, you can Kevin go like brought up this idea that Rosie O'Donnell might appear behind me, and I just can't shake it. <laughs> it's, it's horrifying. When I was 10, my life's dream was to be on the Rosie O'Donnell show. I wrote a fourth grade essay about how it was going to happen. That's Phenomenal actress in Harriet the Spy. And it didn't happen? I never was on Rosie. I'm, I'm so sorry for you. All right. Do you want to just pretty, say your character? Pretty, who's your first pick? So, uh... I was trying to think of, of different ways oh, that I could thing. go. I'm just kidding. You can talk. Nope. No. What, what's that one thing? Go ahead, Kevin. He doesn't have a one thing. Pretty please go. We have a podcast to do. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm waiting for Kevin's one thing. Harriet the Spy was awesome. Start to finish. We'll unpack that Great. later. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I was thinking uh, which way to go on this for a couple different reasons. Um there are several role players um, that I could take. But uh, I, I wanted to go with somebody who's just kind of straight up crazy, also a badass, uh, has several aliases and other nicknames. They're obviously well-versed at the art of, of um, sin, uh, subterfuge, subterfuge and espionage uh, and is just an overall great fighter. So I'm choosing Adrian, Adrian Pimento. <laughs> From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. A, a great example of a minor character that would be sufficiently crazy for this. Uh, I mean, Thank he doesn't, he doesn't kill kids, though, unless the kid's annoying. So, Right. But he's got an insane set of rules that he lives by, which I think is just can only be helpful in a fight. I think that that So unless is... one of you drafts a kid. <laughs> I love it. Um... I think uh, there's a very solid opportunity here for pretty to only draft jason manzuka's characters i got an incredible team i was about to say uh jason from the league. is is on my list very close to the top for another uh, another get, character i guess derek kind of has superpowers so you can't do that but no but uh, from good Rafi place is, no he doesn't Scary. Rafi's very much on the list. Should be. Yeah, he's definitely on my. Not list gonna lie, I was between Rafi and Adrian for for which one was gonna be number one. Dude, keep. keep I hate Rafi's character in the league so much. I, I think I I think it's amazing. It, it he bothers me in everything he's in. He, I find the I find the actor and character is always annoying, but he's a great choice for this. Hope. Uh, I, oh, I get to go. Oh, pretty. Please keep notes. Okay. See, when you ask me nicely, I'll do things. Great. I have I have one that I don't think anyone's going to choose, and I'm going to probably close with that. Please take your turn um, in chess at some point tonight. I also know no one's going to choose probably the most deadly character on my list. What's the stance on Haymitch from The Hunger Games? Is he too prominent? That was a question. No, so here's the thing. Hamish was on my original he's, list. I think he's Hamish was on my Nope, Hamish does not count. He was on my original list and then when you all said Cal Notton Jr., nope. And then I'm like, "All right, great. Hamish well, and Cal Notton Jr. have very different amounts of, of okay. like 
Okay. In, in, <laughs> Hamish is not Hamish. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I understand the conundrum, and I'm. I would have. I started to say Hamish counts, but he is borderline. Pretty. If you're challenging, I'll side with you and say he doesn't it count. Is, I. He's borderline, and I admit that. It is shocking how steadfastly you are opposed to it. <laughs> he is yeah, not the same as I, I think it's I think it's incredibly <laughs> close because he is in all three movies and books. He is a um he's definitely a secondary character in book 1. And I don't think he becomes He's, he's very behind the scenes. He's very behind the scenes. Yeah, but, but he has a like. But, but he has a lot. This is a lot. I don't know. It's, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm so fine like to there are other there are other tributes who you could make a case for that do not have superpowers and are not main characters who would be. Well, the answer the answer then would be um, Joanna. Mm. Huh? No, a I'll former take, champion. I'll, you always you always go with the, the champion. I'll take Finnick over Joanna. Period. They're both former champions, for the record. Oh no, Finnick. I was thinking, um, who's are y'all the, just are y'all just about to draft a bunch of Hunger Games like tertiary characters? No, I'm not. At, I'm not drafting any of them. First off, and they're minor characters, and they would totally count. And maybe we will. <laughs> I okay. Did not. Play Hamish on has more screen time than Cal Naughton Jr. It's a long. It's it's three movies. It's uh, your point. Your point is asinine. So um, I'm not trying to draft Hunger Games characters either. I'm just saying if I was drafting a tribute champion, I would draft Finnick Odero. It is hard not. It's hard not to draft Finnick. Um, I, I my first thought was Joanna. Uh, I'm not drafting any Hunger Games characters. I will I take switch beating. to a. I want to have a balance of deadliness and um, awesomeness, but I'm, so I'm going to start with deadly. And go with Barris and sell me. Okay. Um, former Lord Commander of the King's Guard uh, in Game of Thrones. And yeah. uh, most deadly. Way more what role does he play? I am, but I appreciate uh, that's it. it. And it gets it gets better from there, I promise. It's fine. It's fine. But I um, wanted to at least counter whatever nonsense Pretty was going to produce, which it turns out was complete chaos from the beginning. So at least I've got a good swordsman on my side. To deal with the absolute chaos of Jason Manzukas. Yeah, it's a great pick. Um, and now I will unleash the sitcoms. <laughs> I have some great names on my list, but Huffcamp picked a swordsman. Yeah. And is taking it a little bit seriously at the front. So I, I feel like I have I to counter. So. I feel like I have to counter. Okay. With. The most accomplished fighter in all of Middle Earth. I don't allow Eowyn to be a minor character. Eowyn is not a. Eowyn she is, is way. Not. You do not slay the Witch King of Angmar if you're a minor character. She's in one book, two movies. I could two, say Eomer could maybe count. Movies. I could I could see I could see Aomer maybe counting. I think I think that I stayed away from Middle Earth for the most part. My only Middle Earth Hope character can't. is not even mentioned in the movies. Um Hope because can't. I think that too Tom many Bombadil? people No. You could list ten, You could list great 10 answer. main characters and 10 secondary characters and Aowen would not make either list. Yes, she would. She would 100% be a secondary character. No. You have the Nine uh, Fellowship. 
And then are you counting? And then we're excluding villains. So you can't put Sauron and you can't put Sauron on either list. Um, and then you're saying that Eowyn's not one of the next 10 characters. No, I'm it saying like villains, Elrond, count as, villains Elrond, count as main Arwen, characters. Theoden. Villains are main Eowyn. characters. Okay. She's easily, there's, I, I don't, I don't accept Eowyn. And Pretty also did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then I'm going to go ahead and take. Way more important than Hamish. I'm going to go ahead and take the actual deadliest person on my list. For two reasons. One, incredibly deadly, serial killer. Two, never Dexter. got caught. Never got caught. <laughs> never got caught. I'm going with Toby Flenderson from The Office, also known as the Scranton Strangler. <laughs> the Scranton Strangler? Um, also a tertiary character. Just saying. What? Toby Flenderson is fine. Kidding. Toby Flenderson is Toby yeah. Flenderson is... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how you're defining a tertiary character... I agree that he's probably a tertiary character, which feels like Flynn's asinine definition of a role player. There, uh, Stanley Hudson was also came up when I looked up Primary, best minor characters. Tertiary. <laughs> Pretty quick. What's what if they were in the fourth tier? Quartiary. Uh, yeah, I think that. I think that, that might. That Toby counts. Toby's fine. Yeah, yeah no, Toby's Toby fine. counts. Toby counts. No, because honestly, I, I, I originally was like, my original list, I had Dwight on there. And then when you are like, no, Cal Naughton Jr., I was like, okay, well, Dwight probably doesn't count. Yeah, Dwight's Dwight main character. one of the three main characters of The Office. He's both protagonist argue, and main character. You could argue, too. Um, but go ahead, Pretty. Who you got next? So, next on my list... Uh, so I wanted to go with with somebody from Rick and Morty because there's a lot of just like one-time characters through that. But the no soup rule or no superpower rules kind of knocks out Mr. Nimbus, Bird Person, Mr. Meeseeks, all of those fun characters. So that sucks. Uh, also, you all don't watch Rick and Morty, so you wouldn't be able to argue anything one way or the other. So instead I have pivoted around and I'm going with my second Jason Manzukas character of Rafi, <laughs> Rafi from the league. <laughs> Which is totally fair. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to cross him fair. off my list. <laughs> it's great. It's a great pick. Um, that man's insane. Oh, yeah. The only, the only argument against any Jason Manzukas character, I, he's, he's, what makes him great is all of the things, I think I put Charlie Kelly on a very early version of this, of our battle royales because he's certifiably insane. Um, and Jason Manzoukas <laughs> is basically Charlie Kelly, but in minor character form. So he's yeah. amazing for basically everything. Dennis Feinstein oh, yeah. might should be your next pick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hove. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with a police officer for my next pick. Mm. Um, and this will be Lieutenant David Santiago, also known as the brother of Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now, why would you say that? Amy Santiago is insane. She's absolutely like the best detective, lieutenant, um, or she, sergeant. She was promoted sergeant. So um, she, and she's yep. very type A. She's very particular and she cannot do anything better than her brother, who is the hero at all times, who is in the right place at the right time, who's just the best person ever always. And so if he were in a battle royale, he would just be the best person always. He would just trip his way into winning 
every fight. He's just the best fighter. He's just the best everything. He is the best at everything. Okay. Um, except for dancing. They are both – his fatal flaw is that if it were they dance off to save the universe – um, he would he would lose the universe. He would lose. He would he would lose. They yeah. But and okay. he's, he's unaware of his ability oh, yeah. to lose. So he actually would think he would he would win. But that's a that's a very specific instance that is not covered under this battle royale. Okay, I think this next one counts, and I'm going to make the case for it before I say the name. This character is played by a human being who has certain characteristics, and the human being as most humans existed do. right. Like, I understand that the character is interesting, but the human being existed in this universe. He was not a superhero. Um, in this portrayal in the movie book series, this human being plays basically himself with a little bit of a speech impediment. Um, but he's a real person and and is a... Is not a man. Kevin, who the or, f- are you talking about? Just I'm say the picking name. Fezzik from The Princess Bride, played by Andre the Giant. No, I don't no. know that. Why? Absolutely not. That's um, not a role player. He's yeah, literally. He's, a, he's any, he is any of number, drink. If you storm the castle in The Princess Bride, you don't count for this list. He is as much a real person as any other character in that movie. What does that got to do with anything? He, he's not a main character. Kevin, ben, Kevin. The main characters are Humperdinck the villain, uh, Wesley, and Buttercup. Yep. Now, Miracle Max is a perfect minor character. Yeah. Fezzik and Inigo Montoya do not count. They are secondary characters. And Vinny. Bull. He's got like You're, 12 lines Kevin. in the whole movie. Your <laughs> argument is bad. There, and, and he also rhymes on a ship. With anyone want a peanut? That is only secondary characters. That do I that. I appreciate your argument, but <laughs> I don't agree. Anyone want a peanut? Kevin, if you look on the IMDb page listing, he is the seventh name listed. Seventh. That's because he appears seventh. Which is definitely not a role player. He's he's not a role player. He's in too much of the movie and too important to too many of the plot lines. You are. I created this thing, and we are getting so much more specific than we should. He's, he's, he's worse. I'm, he's listen, more of a listen, character than Heymitch. I he's said, more of a, the bar was he's not more. Of, he is not more of a main character than Heymitch, but fine. Um, in the spirit of this, then, I'm just going to get crazy-ass human beings that were in shows. Um, and the craziest-ass human being that I have on this list next Think about Rafi and think about all those characters that are hyperly sexual beings. And if you're going to distract them, you got to find someone who can throw them off their game. The one character in all of sitcom history that can throw them off their game more than anybody is Gail from Letterkenny. Gaylor, <laughs> if, if Rafi's coming at her and he's ready to fight her and she just starts doing that. Are you not? Doing the hip, the hip. Gail's like, they're like, no, there's no way he can come at her without being thrown, which is where she would strike. She would be able to be incredibly effective in this moment. I have a question for you. Okay. Would she be more effective 
as a of as sexual depravity, which would be more effective than Mrs. McMurray. Yes, because as a human male, if I was unmarried and had no moral compass, I would see Mrs. McMurray coming at me and be like, okay, I'm in. Um, And if Gaylor came at me, I'd be like, I don't know what you want from this. (laughs) If Gail came at me, and was like, you know, saying a typical Gail line, I'd be like, gross. I, I don't want this. This is, this is, I'm uncomfortable. And in this which moment. Which one throws you off your game? Which one throws Rafi off his game? <laughs> Kevin's now playing Neither. to win. Good call. <laughs> Rafi, Rafi bangs them both unabashedly. Gail is my pick at two. Gail. Good, good call. That is a good I choice. I thought for a second you were going with Gail the Snail from It's Always Sunny, which is a different hilarious pick. there's a there's an always sunny character that i have on my list that we'll see if it makes it on here i'm excited i think you should do it because i did not put one on my list but i contemplated it i did not either okay uh is it back to me now yes wow this is this is getting really intense um so uh it it is So I know we talked about uh yes I could very easily probably craft together a Jason Mansukis uh entire team and w- while I yes that would should. be funny the shtick is already up because you all already called out on it the only reason why it was funny when I did it with John C Riley is because you all didn't realize it until the fourth pick that's so, just not true um, <laughs> I think we caught it on the third one but go on well right yes yeah. So uh, since you've already caught it, uh, I'm going to pivot instead to this other person who I could have crafted an entire team of. Um, but I am choosing uh, a character who's actually been a role player in two very different movies playing the same role, but very different takes on the character. Um, I am choosing Dutch Gerhardt from Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Go and on. Dark of the Moon. Uh, Dutch Gerhardt is John Turturro's sidekick, uh, what he calls at one point uh, Lapdog, who's like also a hitman, played by none other than Alan Tudyk, who is just a crazy German guy who out of nowhere will resort to violence and just has this kind of like weird uh, like sleeper soldier type stuff going on in him and uh, is just really badass and awesome. Uh, Dutch Ooh. Gerhardt is also a character in the uh, film with Sandra Bullock, 28 Days, in which he plays a recovering drug addict named Dutch Gerhardt, also played by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> I'm obviously choosing the Transformers version that is the sleeper soldier, but yeah. I, when I found this I out, I, I didn't I, know I the like, uh, the unnecessary crossover of the same character yeah. name with the same actor. That's that seems like you don't need to call back to one either. Those movies didn't need to call back. Whichever one called back shouldn't have done it. Um, I think this is a terrible pick, and you've ruined your team. Um, the Transformers. Are you kidding me? Source material is unnecessary for this. But it's you. You know which character I'm talking about. I I, I remember it from uh, Revenge of the Fallen. I've seen that a couple of times. Um. Didn't think we'd see Transformers minor characters in this. <laughs> but whatever. Hey, here we are. The third pick for Team Hofkamp is Ron Laflamme, the lawyer from Silicon Valley, for two very important reasons. One, that man does his job. Now, he only does his job, but he does his job, and he does his job better than anybody, and he charges for it out the ass. 
Um, it's a hilarious shtick in Silicon Valley. But if I just gave Ron Laflamme a job, he would do that job better than anyone. So if my if I told him that the job that he needed to do was to win this fight, he would win it because no one does a job better than Ron Laflamme. Um, he would also immediately, as soon as someone came up to him, start explaining the ways he would sue them and financially ruin them and wrongful death lawsuits and all of these things. And you would be like, not worth it. Not worth it at all. Ron Laflamme, the lawyer from Silicon Valley. I don't remember this character. Have I satisfied your Hof Camp is taking this seriously uh, <laughs> concern, Ketman? <laughs> Moving on. I'm going to go with... Um, <laughs> Zero comments. I'm going to go with Chloe. Uh, no last name provided. Uh, from How I Met Your Mother. Her character was better known as Crazy Eyes. Um, mm. uh, Crazy Eyes dates, dates Marshall for a minute. Um, oh, no, that's crazy. Goes on one date with Marshall for a minute. And um, Lily follows her around, and she we think that she's crazy. And then it turns out, no, Lily was being crazy. Crazy Eyes is not crazy. And then at the end of the episode, they go back and she has destroyed the apartment waiting for Marshall. And in fact, she is, in fact, absolutely nuts. Crazy Eyes is a character that How I Met Your Mother fans think about as living in infamy. Um, she would be, uh, you know, if this is Melee style. We're all lining up and it's ready, set, go. Uh, Sir Barristan might have a sword. But he would look at crazy eyes and she would look back at him and I think he would choose to fight somebody else. I thought you were I miss I misremembered uh how much your mother. I thought you were going with I believe her name is Janine, which is the crazy like the insane police officer that dates Ted at the very end. I think it's Janine. You know who I'm talking about? The only other how much your mother Ted love interest that I thought about was blah blah. Um yeah, I think it's the last person he dates before he meets the mother right before the wedding. And, like, she's just certifiably insane and, like, tr- literally burns and trashes his whole apartment, throws it out the window. So he calls the cops and then the cops come and, they like, she acknowledges them as her brothers in arms. Yeah, there's some stuff like that that takes place, but I think Crazy Eyes is the better pick. But that's fine. I just – I feel like you're confused by a character that was in more episodes than Crazy Eyes. So um, sorry for – trying to reference other How I Met Your Mother characters and keep the banter going. I guess we'll just just, ignore all of this and go on to Pretty. (laughs) Pretty, I'm just trying to remember. Kevin doesn't give a... Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm in Wiki fandom, Ted Ted Mosby, Love Interests. It's definitely not Tracy. It's definitely not Zoe. I thought it was Janine. Janine? Janine was who I thought it was. Yeah. She's insane. Jeanette. Sure. Jeanette Pearson. (laughs) Um, yes, she is a lieutenant for the police. Um, last love interest before the mother. Uh, season eight is the least successful season of, of Boy Meets World, so not weird that yes. I didn't remember it. Um, <laughs> Obviously, uh, yeah, and Kevin mentioned this was Boy Meets World we were talking about just now. So, pretty, please save us with your final pick. How much of others I meant? So, just because I'm the one writing this down, she Kevin, is bad you went crazy. With Chloe? I've Chloe chosen Chloe Crazy Eyes from How I Met Your Mother. Chloe Crazy Eyes from How I Met Your Mother. Okay. So my final pick, um, 
I'm right. just reading all the ways in which Jeanette's nuts, and yeah, it's a good pick too. <laughs> forgot yeah. about her, hey, Kevin. Forgot about her. <laughs> forgot about Jeanette. She's pretty. She's pretty crazy. But Crazy Eyes is funnier. Moving on. What do you want to do? What are you doing? Team, nobody's gonna pick. What are you doing? Oh, thanks. Um, so uh, just to kind of recap my team thus far, I've got Adrian Pimento, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Rafi from the League, and Dutch Gerhardt from Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I am going to throw another Alan Tudyk one in here, Obviously. if it is allowed. If it is allowed, uh, and uh, I am going with Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. A hundred percent. I'm fine with that. Great. I don't yeah. know if Kevin so is. So my. Yeah, it's fine. A role player. I said I said 100%. I'm probably only like 75% because he is on the team and the team I is the say, I, you know. I, but I, Whatever, but man, whatever, whatever thing care. you guys are using to decide this, that he counts, but Fezzik doesn't or whatever. Like uh, Some of these I don't agree with at all, but that's fine. Whatever. He's a minor character on the team. Like there's – I think he might be one of the last characters on the team. To, anyway. He doesn't play in the final match. Cool. Yeah. So, so that should count for something, right? That matters. That's, he's a minor. He's a minor teammate in the in that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pick my last pick, and I was very excited because I knew that no one was going to pick this, but I think it's the best pick. And I will describe it to you with a quote. In Japan, heart surgeon, number one, steady hand. One day, Yakuza boss need new heart. I do operation. But mistake. Yakuza boss die. Yakuza very mad. I hide in fishing boat. Come to America. No English. No food. No money. Daryl give me job. Now I have house, American car, and new woman. Daryl save life. My big secret? I kill Yakuza boss on purpose. I good surgeon. The best. Hidetoshi Hasegawa, a.k.a. Hide from The Office, a warehouse worker, is my pick. Yep. And I don't think I need to say more. (laughs) definitely the second best office pick that was made but i hear you it was the first best office it was the only office pick but i made an office pick yeah you made the wrong one because number one surgeon in japan then he murders a yakuza boss comes to america and it just he doesn't give that man's amazing i'm in to keep with tonight's theme kevin I'm pretty sure Rosie O'Donnell's character Turk from Tarzan is not qualified in this moment. Nor is her no. character from Harriet the Spy. Damn. <laughs> uh, also, nor does her character from A League of Their Own. Uh, nor does her character from Now and Then. Nor does her character from The Flintstones. <laughs> don't say that like you don't know it's Betty Rubble. Don't, don't, sh- don't use your stupid mouth to bring up a good reference <laughs> as if you don't know that her character from the Flintstones was Betty Rubble. I know that. I know most of those character names like that we just listed. I feel like we were not naming the character names and you're calling pretty out unnecessarily. Yeah. Simon Donovan, Secret Service agent. Is that from the West Wing or from something? From the West Wing. <laughs> Played by Mark sure. Hamill. Better known as Leroy Wait. Jethro Gibbs from NCIS, but before he was that, he was C.J. Craig's both love interest. I'm sorry, I thought you oh, said Mark yeah. Hamill, and I was like, "Wait a minute, you're you're saying Luke that Skywalker guy. was no Mark Mark? Hang on, 
I I might have misspoken. You you just said Mark Hamill. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you have on, not seen on, the West Wing. <laughs> Shut the um, up. Kevin has selected a dead character. Now I did too with Barris and Selmy, but I don't uh, abide by the show's version of his death. I mean, let's be real. Adrian Pimento, probably dead. Nah, he's Rafi, fine. probably dead. Neither one of them is capable of death. Um, I'm going to shout out two characters. Mark Harmon. No, That's what I said. Mark you Harmon. Said, I, you, Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm you not said even sure you said Hamill. Okay. <laughs> Mark Harmon <laughs> plays Leroy Jithro Gibbs as well as Simon Donovan from the West Wing. And It's good. I, I, I want I want everyone that has seen The Wire to know that Brother Mazone was on my list, but I didn't feel like he was in the spirit. I think he was too deadly. I also want everyone to know that John Ralphio Saperstein was very much on my list because that man got hit by a car to make money. What else will he do to succeed in this? I mean, what won't he do? So would Sonny Koufax. Sure. And Flynn. Um, Sonny Koufax is not <laughs> a minor character, though. Yeah, but... I thought we were just talking about people who get hit by a car. To make money. Like, deliberately. There are two characters I know that deliberately try to get hit by a car. I think it's the World Series defense, um, which is a main character from Sonny. And then, okay, Sonny Koufax. So there's two. So now we're up to – so the third one is the minor character in Don Ralphio. If you're willing to get smashed by a car to make – some money. I don't know if Flynn did it on purpose or not. It oh, no, was, Flynn did not. He, he became infamous in the moment. Um, I did have one true. more badass that I wanted to shout out, and that was the bank manager uh, from the first scene of The Dark Knight. Oh, that's uh, – what's his name? <laughs> um, Mahone from – Oh, my God. You're thinking of Mahone from the from Prison Break. Yes. Would you yes, have Mahone, accepted – Yes, Mahone, but also, also the captain of the guards team in Longest Yard. Uh, he and, always plays and minor a characters. very quality character in Armageddon, I believe. <laughs> yeah, he always plays <laughs> yeah, that's those funny. minor characters. Yes. Um, would you have accepted what is that actor's name? the... Um, no one knows. William Fickner! William Fickner! Obviously. Totally. Great. Anyways, Kevin, would you have, would we have accepted... Remember. No. Let's move on. Okay, good. Probably not. We're moving on to the end. So, what right. if you two assholes close it out? So, recapping, oh, recapping, yeah, recap. recapping. Here we go. Right, recap us. So, recap us. Recapping on the role players fictional battle royale. Um, uh, Pretty's team is made up of Jason Manzukis as Adrian Pimento from Brooklyn Nine Nine and Rafi from the League, and Alan Tudyk. As Dutch Gerhardt from Transformers Dark of the Moon and Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Not to be confused with Ellen Turing from The Imitation Game. Yes, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. Just not, make sure people. Not a minor character. Just wanted to make sure people didn't get confused. Some might. Some might well, yeah, well, once we call them role players. Right. The Harmon Hamill, the Harmon Hamill debacle, yeah. Of course. Uh, Hovecamp, <clears throat> Hovecamp has selected Sir Barristan Selmy from the Game of Thrones, Lieutenant David Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Ron Laflamme from Silicon Valley, and uh, I probably messed this up. Hidedoshi Hasegawa? Hide great, is great, the most of great. He, he, but Hidedoshi Hasegawa. Hidedoshi Hasegawa from The Office. Uh, um, say the quote. Hovecamp's, what quote? This is his famous line. I'll be back. Oh, oh, Hasegawa's famous quote? Yeah. I kill Yakuza boss on purpose. Yeah, close enough. Pretty close. 
Uh, Hove Camp's team definitely copied off of me and Kevin significantly, but that's fine. Anyways, that makes no Kevin. Sense. <laughs> that makes no in sense. what ways? I'm, no, I need uh, to hear this. What, what, I, what picked, I, pr- I picked a Brooklyn Nine-Nine character first. Kevin picked an office character first. Yeah, and you guys both didn't pick better characters than me. Uh, Adrian Pimento would beat David Santiago in a fight. Anyways, Kevin has selected Toby Flinderson, a.k.a. the Granton Strangler from The Office, Gail, uh, Gaylor from Letterkenny, no, no, uh, Chloe from How I Met Your Mother, and Simon Donovan, a.k.a. Mark Harmon, not Mark Hamill, from The West Wing. Like I said, Mark um, Harmon. Very interesting team dynamics here. I think we, uh, I think pretty once we re-explained the assignment to you, you understood it and we did a good job of creating teams. Obviously better than Kevin assignment. because I brought more legit answers than Kevin did. You didn't. I'm sorry. Fezzik is no way a minor character role player. I like how you described a person in the universe of the Princess Bride as a real person. Like a character from the Princess Bride. He's a real person. <laughs> what I was saying is the attributes that the character Fezzik demonstrates were true attributes of Andre the Giant, the human being. Yep. Sure. So he qualified in the sense that he wasn't a soup. The the uh, the case I was making is Fezzik is not a soup. Oh, that was the wrong case. You should have made that he was not a major character. I wanna just say a couple things. First, you didn't ask for any of this. Thank you for being here. I hate this podcast and my compatriots, and I thought I would hate it less without Flynn. And in this case, these two douchebags made it worse if than ever. If we would have ranked something, it would have been <laughs> harmonious. That's true. Flynn's, a, Flynn's just... All right, let's let's quickly rank worst <laughs> Bourbon Flynn Brothers podcast Flynn. hosts <laughs> out of one. On the count of three. One, two, three... Flynn. Kevin. Exactly. Thank you. Pretty yourself. And have almost, a nice I night. Have a <laughs> so did I. Have a drink on <laughs> have a drink on me apparently. Good night, Vietnam. 